come back to our breathing so that our collective energy of mindfulness will bring us together as an organism, going as a river with no more separation. Let the whole Sangha breathe as one body, chant as one body, listen as one body, and transcend the boundaries of a delusive self, liberating from the superiority complex, the inferiority complex, and the equality complex. I took refuge in the
Good, mo- good morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, Tuesday, the 19th of June, 2012, and we are in the still water meditation hall, Upper Hamlet. This is our 19th day of the 21-day retreat. Sitting here, I can hear the sound of the rain. I can hear the sound of the rain. I know that uh, I'm with my Sangha, sitting together, enjoy this, uh, enjoying this present moment. This, uh, with the mindfulness, this moment must be a happy moment. The Sangha has asked her to, uh, to read the list of uh, apprentice uh, Dharma teachers for the next ordination, uh, the next uh, transmission ceremony. These uh, Apprentice Dharma teachers will have to uh, to go to the meeting of uh, Dharma teachers in uh, the area and practice as an apprentice Dharma teacher for one year. They will assist, they will help uh, the Dharma teachers in the area. And if they would do well as uh, an apprentice dramatizer, uh, then the, the Sangha will nominate their names for the lamp transmission next time. First is uh, the, the um, all the brothers and sisters monastics of the sunflowers uh, family. It's about 50 of them. So we have... Uh, about 50 monastic dramatists next time, next uh, uh, land transmission ceremony. If uh, they practice well as a a practice dramatist, they will receive the lamp uh, in the next uh, land transmission ceremony. Of France, uh, there is the name of Tengten Shin Michel Pilo, Serge Roy, Tengten Ngong Philippe Jiminel, Tengten Leung Claire Bim Mars Larouk, Tengten Helen Schoenberg, Corinne Marquis Tengten Thuc, Tengten Thuc, Jean-Claude Docteur. For Ben Benjamin, Chân Giác Sơn Nguyễn Minh Chánh, Chân Giác Điền Nguyễn Hoàng Hùng, Chân Không Tên Patrick Ôn, Chân Tử Nhĩ Nguyễn Văn Thông. For Switzerland, Joël Grosjean, Chân Đạo Từ, Sano, Martin, Chân Vân Hỷ, Diana Dau. 
for Germany Bùi Hữu Tường Bùi Thị Kiều Trang Trần Giác Lưu Trần Quang Ngọc Trần Bản Tàng Ngô Minh Huệ Trần Giác Quang Nguyễn Đức Huy Lê Mộng Táo Nguyễn Khắc Vĩnh Trần Cam Lộ Nguyễn Kim Lê Việt Uh, for the United States of America, Trần um, Minh Kính, Nguyễn Thị Hải, Trần Minh Khai, Nguyễn Tân Thọ. Um, there may be a few names missing, they will uh, announce it later on. Dharma teacher is someone who has the capacity of uh, creating happiness and handling a painful, unpleasant feeling. Good Dharma teacher is a man who, who has the capacity to make the present moment into a happy moment. And this is always possible. Even there's still some suffering in him or in her. Happiness is still possible. And suffering and happiness can coexist together like the mud and the lotus. By the way, uh, the first lotus flowers have already bloomed in the new hamlet. And tomorrow we shall uh, see them. Beautiful. A tree of four. From your house to the parking lot, from your office to the parking lot, you can always uh, practice uh, walking meditation. And if uh, you are a good practitioner, and then every step can be a happy step. Every step can be a healing step. Every step can be a nourishing step. The principle is, uh, there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. Suppose uh, you are tired, and you want to go home and rest. And you believe that uh, you can only rest when you arrive home. But the practice is that you, have, you, you, you should be able to rest right away on the way home. You drive, uh, 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 you walk in such a way 
that resting is possible in the here and the now. Do you have a set of stairs in your home? In the evening, after uh, when when it is time to go to sleep, uh, you climb the stairs to go to your to to enter to your bathroom or to your bedroom. And you can do like Thai, climbing the stairs in such a way that every step can be resting, every step can be happy. You don't need to arrive in uh, uh, lie on your, your bed in order to rest. You can take time to climb. And every step can be resting. Every step can uh, be nourishing. Every step can be releasing. And with mindfulness, this is possible. Remember we, uh, the time we climbed the Wutai San mountain in China? There was a tourist guide to lead us. And she was holding a little flag. And we were a delegation. We were a Sangha. So when we came to the step, as to the foot of the mountain, Bhutan, they gave instructions as how to climb the mountain, Bhutan. You climb, it's, it's quite a long distance. So they gave instructions as how to climb the mountains. You breathe in and you put your foot on one step. And you step up, breathing in. And you put your feet, your, uh, your, your other foot down and you breathe out. And you step on the step. You you make your step in such a way that you find you can find pleasure and resting during the time you make another step. You breathe in and you breathe out with the awareness that you are climbing this famous mountain. Manrasi Bodhisattva was up there and you are going to meet him and you are climbing with your Sangha. So you climb in such a way that uh, you enjoy breathing in and making a step. You enjoy breathing out and uh, put the other leg 
uh, leg on touching uh, the step. The tourist guide, which is uh, a young lady, she was very surprised because she has led uh, hundreds or maybe thousands of groups climbing that mountain. But we did not follow her. We did not uh, follow followed her way. So she met a strange group who climbed very, very slowly. And after having made uh, ten steps like that, we sit down and enjoy looking down. <laughs> and then we stand up, we stood up, and we continue for another ten steps. We had plenty of time. There's nothing to do, nowhere to go. Just enjoy. The, end, the means become the end. We want to arrive with every step. And then the tourist guide had to follow us. She had to slow down. And uh, in the process of climbing like that, we noticed that many groups were climbing very quickly. They tried to climb, climb as quickly as possible to arrive. But we, are not, we were not eager to arrive. We arrived at every step. And they were surprised to see a group climbing like a turtle. <laughs> and they looked at us, and they saw, they saw us smiling, relaxed. <laughs> And some of them slow down. <laughs> and when we arrive at the top of the mountain, we were not tired at all. Very refreshed. Very relaxed. We spent some time with the abbot there. We talked about um, Bodhisattva Manusri. I told him, you must be the Bodhisattva. There were two uh, tourist guys, one uh, gentleman and one lady. And uh, with us there was uh, a monastic uh, nun who speaks Chinese very well. She go Sister Vienkwai. And the two tourist guys thought that we did not understand Chinese. So they were free to talk to each other in Chinese. And this is what Sister Vinquan reported to us. <laughs> she said to her colleague, this monk is very loy high. I don't know how to, to translate in 
in English. How can you translate lời hại? Ông thầy này lời hại quá. How can you translate ông thầy này lời hại quá? Capable. Capable may be. I have led hundreds, thousands of groups. And I couldn't always come up to the mountain exhausted. But this time, I didn't feel tired at all. This monk is really lời hại. Really <laughs> and then she said to the other, other gentleman that you know that I have listened to his Dharma talks. Because everywhere they went, he gave a Dharma talk to his group. And I like it so much. I have uh, today. Today I have finished my report. But I have not submitted my report to my superior because I want to make a photocopy and keep that report to reread again uh, to remember what he he has uh, he has uh, thought. In fact, uh, the tourist guide uh, had received orders to report everything we said, everything we do, because this is a group uh, uh, consisting of foreigners. They might be dangerous. <laughs> so every day she had to, to write a report of what uh, we said and what we do. And that day she said, I have finished my report, but I have not given it. I want to make a photocopy to keep it because uh, his teaching was wonderful. I want to read again and uh, apply to my uh, practice. So during that uh, tour uh, in China, we always uh, conduct uh, the tour like like that way. A lot of happiness, a lot of relaxation and nourishment. I also remember when we were in, uh, in Italy, the Sangha loved us, so they sent us uh, a tourist guide. And to, 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 to take us uh, visiting uh, uh, beautiful uh, cities. 
and uh, we asked her not to not to give a lot of information because we wanted to have the time to walk slowly and to get in touch with the beauties there. And she had to uh, to follow us. And finally she reported that uh, it was like the first time she visited these, uh, these cities. <laughs> Napo and uh, Saan. So if you have a set of stairs in your home, going up and climbing down, you may enjoy, you may like to enjoy every step. I have, uh, there is a set of stairs in the Hermitage. And in the last 35 years, I always climb up like that and climb out like that. even when I feel tired. And this is a good training. You have to select one distance, like your office and the parking lot. And you have to do it every day. You train yourself. Every step brings you home to the present moment, to the here and now. Every step helps you to get in touch with your body and with uh, the elements of life that are there in the here and the now. And during the time of walking or climbing, you don't think anymore. You stop all thinking. You just uh, become aware of uh, the feelings that you get. In the Soto Zen tradition, they say that non-thinking is the secret. To meditate does not mean to think. And the practice of non-thinking is the secret of the success. When the thinking settles in, you lose the first impression of contact. You cannot, you do not have a much sense in order to, to be in the here and the now, and to be in touch with what is there in your body and around you. So just become aware of the contact and the feelings. And you can get the nourishment and healing just by being in touch and by, by feeling what is there in the here and the now. Because there are elements of nourishment and healing available in your body and around in the environment. 
physical and mental. There are five uh, mental formations called universal. Five mental formations called universal. And they are present in every consciousness, in every, uh, every uh, mental formation. And the first one is, uh, is touch, contact. When eyes and form are together, it may produce touch. There is a contact between the two. Eyes and form meeting produce eyes consciousness. And eyes consciousness is first of all contact. So that is the first, uh, the first thing that, uh, that manifests as a perception, as a mental formation, contact, mental contact. organ, object, the organ, bring about consciousness. And consciousness is, first of, is made, first of all, with mental <coughs> contact. And it can be followed right away by feeling. Vedana. That feeling may be pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. And there is uh, a third, a third uh, mental formation called uh, attention. Manaskara. This uh, has uh, the function of uh, of uh, drawing your attention to towards an object. Sometimes when the bear master offer the half sound. And if you want to to focus attention on that instead of another sound. And that is the manaskara. Attention. And there may, may be objects of, uh, of attention that happen at the same time, three, four, if a dozen. But you choose, you are free to choose one, one object 
to bring your attention to. And with uh, mindfulness, you can make a good choice. You can make a good choice. And when you make a good choice, you, you'll be able to, uh, to develop uh, good things after that. Because instead of uh, listening to another sound, you listen to the bell and breathing in, breathing out, and focus your attention only on the bell. So you eliminate uh, the sight and sound. And uh, listening to the bell uh, can help you uh, to uh, create um, the energy of uh, concentration. It can help you to calm down the body and the mind. So that kind of attention is good in nature. It's called uh, appropriate attention. And a good practitioner always practice uh, appropriate attention. You choose in order to focus your attention on something that is uh, wholesome, that will be of benefit. It's called uh, uh, appropriate attention. In Chinese, uh, in Chinese uh, that is uh, translated as Như Lý Tắc Ý. Appropriate attention, which is good for your practice. Because you know how to select the object of your attention in order to create happiness and joy and peace rather than to focus attention on something that will bring you confusion, anger, and fear. The, the, the Sanskrit word is yoniso. Uh, yoniso manaskara. But when we do, we are not a, pra- a good practitioner. We allow the, our attention to go to the objects that are not uh, benefiting our peace and practice. It's called uh, inappropriate attention. Inappropriate attention. It's called a finally that a non-appropriate atten- attention. Ayoniso, ayoniso manaska. So, as a good practitioner, mindfulness helps us to focus our attention only on the benefiting objects of attention. And that can come before touch or after touch. After touch, we, we may see that this is not a good uh, object of, uh, of attention. 
Uh, we may sense, we may sense the object of attention. And after that, uh, so Malaskara can come before Spaksha or after Spaksha. It depends on the occasion. And these uh, five uh, mental formations are called universal. They are always present with consciousness, any kind of consciousness. It makes a series. It makes it, it, uh, it, uh, it bring about a perception. One day we had a, a, um, a retreat in, uh, at the Omega Institute in Northern California. There was a fire on the mountains. We were not uh, lucky uh, because when we came to the site of retreat, uh, there was a fire. So during sitting meditation, work meditation, we hear helicopters, the sound of helicopters that are not very pleasant. Especially, especially when you have been had been a war in a war, there's many helicopters, and uh, the sound of helicopters in Vietnam during the war it means guns, death, machine guns, bombs, death. So it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant for, uh, for practitioners of Vietnamese origin who have gone to the war. And it was not pleasant for uh, uh, local American practitioners. But there's no choice. So we choose to, to practice uh, listening to the sound of, uh, of uh, the helicopters with mindfulness. You know, when we hear the sound of the bell, we say, I listen, I listen. This wonderful sound brings me back to my true home. So it's very pleasant. And now we have to learn that with, uh, with the sound of helicopters. With mindfulness, we can tell ourselves that this is not a helicopter uh, operating in situation of war. This uh, a kind of helicopter is helping to put down, uh, to extinguish uh, the flames. And with that mindfulness, we transform our feeling. A feeling that is uh, not pleasant into a feeling of gratefulness and pleasant. And where, because uh, in uh, the sound of helicopter that you hear can happen every one or two or three minutes. So if you don't practice, uh, it's, it's quite unpleasant. And the whole Sangha, many hundreds of people, 600 maybe, were practicing breathing in and out with the sound of helicopters. And we survive very well. We make uh, the sound of helicopter in something helpful. And it practice, uh, I listen, I listen, this sound of helicopter bring me back to the present moment. 
and inherited it. It happens that you share a room with someone who snore. <laughs> you might <laughs> you might get irritated. But with mindfulness, you can bring about compassion, and you can lean on the on the sound of snoring in order to go to sleep. You listen and you say that this is a bring you home to the here and now. Uh, mindfulness helps you to, to know that uh, you are in a Sangha, you are practicing, and then you can accept the snoring much more easily, and you can go to sleep thanks to the sound of uh, snore, snoring. So mindfulness can transform everything. And when the feeling is pleasant, like uh, when you walk on the beach barefoot, uh, you feel uh, the, the, cool, the coolness, the softness of uh, the sand and the uh, ocean water between your tools. And instead of thinking of this or that, or thinking of your picnic, and you just focus your attention on the feeling that you are you are having between uh, in the contact between your foot and the sand and the cold water, and you stop all feel, uh, all thinking. You just become aware of these feelings, and happiness can be possible, walking on a beach, you can be very happy. And if you allow yourself to, to worry, to get angry, uh, that kind of happiness will not be possible. And then after that, there is Tuong. Conception, perception. What you get in touch with, what you are feeling, appear in your mind. As a sign that can uh, suggest a name, like a sand, like a fresh water, like a flower. So this is uh, to conceive, to to have the idea of what it is, the object of your contact, the object of your feeling. So this is a, a perception, a, a conception of what it is there. And uh, when, when, when you set, set up the sign, 
It may be a flower or a cloud or a pebble or the sand or the rain. You have a perception. And you might like to bring your mindfulness to bear on that kind of perception. Because it might be a wrong perception. You walk in the twilight and you see a snake. And you react very quickly, you jump. A few steps, and you look, the stick is still there. So you take uh, your flashlight and shine, and it's not a snake, it's a piece of rope. So, wrong perception is always possible. And wrong perception can, can bring about fear, anger, irritation, and so on. And mindfulness helps you to avoid being caught by wrong perception, leading you to fear, anger, suffering. So the intervention of mindfulness is very important on the path of uh, thinking, on the path of uh, feeling, and so on. And then volition. Setana. It's a resolu- uh, resolution, volition. Because you have that uh, concept, that idea of what is the object of your touch, the object of your feeling. You want to make a decision whether you like to to be attracted by it, to possess it, or to push it away. So this is a decision, intention, a willingness to accept or to reject. And these five mental formations are always together. They form a kind of neural, neural pathway that can either lead to suffering or happiness. And in your brain, there are many neural pathways like that, and you are used to it. And when you get in touch with something, they will always lead to a perception that will lead to your anger and hate. And as you travel several times on that neural pathway, it becomes a habit, the habit of suffering. So that neural pathway is a trace in your brain. And with the practice of mindfulness, you can erase that neural pathway and open up another pathway that leads to understanding and happiness with the intervention of mindfulness and concentration and insight. Suppose you are reaching out for 
something sweet to eat. A cake, maybe piece of cake. And because you have learned mindfulness, suddenly you are aware that you are doing so. And you are reaching out. And mindfulness helps you to ask, why I am reaching out for the cake? I'm not, I'm not hungry. Why do I have to eat? And many of us are like that. And you may get the insight that there is some worry in you some anxiety in you, some irritation in you, and you automatically reaching out something to eat and then forget to cover up the loneliness, the irritation in you, and that has become a habit because that has been settled as a neural pathway in your brain. And as a practitioner, you have to change the way, to change the neural pathway. Otherwise, the habit energy will always lead you to suffering. You should allow mindfulness and concentration to intervene in order for you to, to not to become again and again the victim of that suffering. Suppose you are in a discussion group and you have a chance to speak up about your suffering. And you may choose to speak in your suffering you might follow the old way, uh, remember the suffering and express your suffering in a way that will make you suffer like other times. Or you might choose another way. You know that brothers and sisters in the Dharma are listening to you, are trying to help you uh, recognize the suffering and embrace the suffering so that you may have a chance to heal and transform. And why? Speaking, you use mindfulness and concentration in order to, to share. So your way of sharing is different. And after having shared, you suffer less. Otherwise, you are rehearsing your suffering. It's like the other day uh, we spoke about uh, 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 getting anger out of our system. And the idea is that in order to be free from anger, you have to get in touch with your anger. You have to be aware of your anger, get in touch with your anger, and recognize that it is your anger. Awareness of anger is what we practice, mindfulness of anger. But mindfulness of anger does not mean that to allow anger to get hold of yourself and to overwhelm yourself. Mindfulness of anger means using the energy of mindfulness in order to embrace your anger. There is anger, but there is also mindfulness as another kind of energy that has the duty to recognize anger as it is and to help embrace it tenderly. So that is really getting in touch. It's like uh, the sunshine embracing a lotus flower so that the lotus flower can receive more energy and bloom. In the case, you you practice uh, um, pounding, hitting your pillow. You are not really in touch with your anger. 
because uh, you use the energy of anger in order to recognize anger and to embrace anger. That only can make anger um, stronger. You are not really in touch with your anger. You allow your anger to dominate you. You are not getting it out of your system. You are not even in touch with the pillow. (laughs) Because if you are in touch with the pillow, you know that it is only a pillow. (laughs) It's innocent. It looks silly to hit the pillow. So you are not in touch neither with your anger nor with the pillow. The practice of mindfulness is different. You practice mindful breathing, mindful walking, generating the energy of mindfulness in order to recognize anger in a very friendly way. Hello there, my anger, you are my old friend. I know you are there. I will take good care of you, like a mother holding her baby. Non-violence. And uh, recognizing, embracing your anger like that will help uh, bring a relief. And if you practice mindfulness of compassion, directed to you and directed to the other person, the person you believe to be the cause of your anger. Uh, Compassion, understanding will arise. And when the nectar of compassion is born in your heart, suffering and anger become to melt, melt away. You don't have to get it out of your system. It's not like a surgery, no. Because uh, the, the energy of understanding and compassion can neutralize suffering, can neutralize anger. So with mindfulness and concentration intervening in the process of uh, perception, a new neural pathway is created that does not lead to suffering. Instead, it can lead to understanding and compassion and happiness and healing. And as a good practitioner, you know, you know how to make a new path, a new pathway in your brain. It's like the brothers they, in the hamlet. They look for a new path of walking meditation. They give us more pleasure. So our brain is uh, has the power to change the plasticity of of the brain, neuroplasticity, plasticity, plasticity, and. Uh, uh, our brain can change. Uh, all neural pathway can can disappear in order to allow, allow new neural pathway to open, so that you can you have access to bona, to to happiness. You have access to uh, compassion, and you can change. 
Suppose the other person just says something that causes irritation in you. And you are ready to answer. And your own pathway is to try to punish him, punish her, because just what the other person said uh, provoked irritation and anger in you. So in, in that kind of reaction, we are only victims of a habit energy. We always go the same neural pathway. Now, when the other person said something and that makes you unhappy, well, as a practitioner, you can breathe in and say, unhappiness is in me. Uh, uh, suffering is in me. Anger is in me. Irritation is in me. And that is already helpful. That you know that uh, when you say something or do something on the base of that irritation, anger, that is not good for you and not good for him either. So mindfulness helps you not to respond right away. Mindfulness helps you to recognize anger, irritation in you. And you, you may tell yourself that this uh, the, the ancient way of reacting. You get, in, you get in touch with something, and you get a feeling. And you may be victims of that kind of touch and feeling, the first two, uh, the first two uh, uh, mental formations. So you accept that anger, uh, irritation in you, and smile to it, mindfulness, with the, with the, with the knowledge that it might be, it might be the fruit of misunderstanding and the lack of compassion. And you look at the other person. You can look at him or her, and you become aware of the suffering in him or in her. The, person, the other person may have said that out of uh, the willingness to get some relief. He has a lot of suffering in him, and he does not know how to, how to suffer less. And he thinks that, speaking out like that, he will suffer less. But in fact, he will suffer more. And when you see like that, you don't want to shout or to punish him anymore by saying something strong to make him suffer, because he has dared to make you suffer. And just one or two seconds looking at him or her and see the suffering in him and her, compassion is born. And when compassion is born, you don't suffer anymore. And you may, may, you may like to say something to help the other person suffer less. So the opposite will come. Instead of uh, anger, uh, the, will, the willingness to punish and to make suffer, uh, uh, compassion, understanding, and the desire to help happen. And with the practice, you can always open new uh, neural pathways like that. And when they become a habit, we call it the habit of happiness. And any moment can be a moment of happiness. 
when you brush your teeth, when you go to the toilet, when you uh, 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 you uh, you uh, turn on the light, when you turn on uh, the water tap, and you can be very happy. During the winter retreat, I stay in Up Hamlet for three months. And every morning, the first thing after he got up is uh, to wash his face. And the water in is very cold. And they usually open just a little bit, so the water comes drops by drops. And he, 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 he gave his hand, put his hand under the water faucet, and receive the feelings of cold water. It helps to make us uh, more uh, awake. It's very refreshing. And he, he took some of these uh, drops of water and put in his uh, eyes and feel the refreshment in his eyes. He enjoys. He, he, he does not want to finish quickly with the washing. He enjoys opening the water faucet, he enjoyed the feeling. He did not think. He did not have to he, he doesn't have to think. He wants to be alive. So uh, he take time to to enjoy the pleasure of uh, of uh, the drops of water and mindfulness and understanding inside help him to see that this water has come from very far away, from up in the mountain, from deep down in, in the earth. It comes right away into your bathroom. And uh, you get the habit of being happy. And everything like you do like to, uh, to serve yourself a cup of tea, uh, you do such a way that uh, every moment can be a moment of joy and happiness. And when he put on his jacket and walk, uh, he tastes every step from his uh, hut to the, this meditation hall. He always get in touch with the moon or the stars or the fresh air. And he enjoy every step uh, to be alive and to be walking on this uh, uh, small path is a great joy, and uh, to go to the meditation and sit with the brothers is a great joy. So every moment can be a moment of happiness, of joy. And if you have a depression, if you have some uh, some problem with your mental health, you can very well heal yourself by the practice of mindfulness and concentration and insight that will uh, that will help uh, stop you from traveling uh, uh, in the same uh, old neural pathway you open a new path a path of happiness you don't have to 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 focus on your suffering to focus on your suffering is not the only way to heal Instead, you focus on the non-suffering side that is uh, there in the here and now. You have many good seeds of happiness and joy in you. 
you have the seed of compassion, of understanding, of love in you. And you just practice in order to get in touch, uh, appropriate attention, uh, uh, stopping the thinking, uh, enjoying the feeling, the pleasant feeling that is possible in the here and the now. Uh, recognizing the many uh, conditions of happiness that are there in order to, to, to make this moment into a pleasant moment. This is possible. And while you are doing so, the healing takes place. And there are many ways to do, like uh, climbing, the stairs in the morning, climbing up, climbing down in the morning, climbing up the stairs in the evening, you always do like that. It is always possible. Walking from the parking lot to your office, why don't you enjoy every step? In the last 35 years, I always climb up the stairs in that way and climb down the stairs in that way. And that is why climbing the wood Tyson mountain becomes something natural. You don't have to make any effort because you have the habit of happiness. And all of us have the capacity to be happy. Suffering is not enough. After you have uh, studied the five uh, universal, you might like to to start to learn about the five uh, particular special uh, mental formation, which is uh, desire, uh, uh, resolution. Resolve, resolution, mindfulness, concentration, understanding, insight. Adimoksha, Smurti, Samadhi, Prasna. And this is the intention. And intention may be positive or negative. And for us, good intention, I want to practice. I want to open new neural pathways. I want to, to create happiness. I want to transform suffering. 
and I, I have I know ways to do it. So you have a determination. You know that there is no doubt about that. That is what I want. I want to practice to change myself, to to cut off uh, the source of nutriment that lead to suffering. I want to consume only what is good for my mental health and uh, physical health. That is the second. And then mindfulness, concentration and insight that can happen in every moment of our day. And when we bring these uh, energies in, we can always open new neural pathways that lead to compassion, understanding and happiness. And these five are called the five uh, special, the five particulars. And these five are the five uh, universal. In the booklet that uh, Ishavas has, there is a list of uh, mental formations. And uh, as a practitioner, you have to, to be able to recognize each uh, mental formation when it manifests, and we can call uh, them by, by their name. So you have eyes and form. Form is the object of eyes. And when eyes and form uh, encounter, it may help bring about um, eyes consciousness. Sight, la vue. And eyes consciousness always has contact, uh, attention, uh, feelings. Because uh, any consciousness would, uh, would have these five uh, universal with them. They happen very quick. Maybe less than one millisecond. And we have uh, ear consciousness. We have uh, nose consciousness. We have uh, tongue consciousness. And we have body consciousness. Body is uh, and touch, tongue and taste, nose and smell, ear and sound, eyes and form. And these uh, consciousness they are a kind of flow, 
and then nature is a continuum and always uh, always uh, going through birth and death it's like a, a candle light the flame of a candle you see that it is a flame that is lasting uh, hours and hours but in fact that this that is a succession of flames a succession of flame uh, we have the illusion that is one flame but it's not one flame there is a, a succession of millions of flames together without uh, interruption the, during the night when you when someone uh, hold a torch and draw a circle and standing in the dark you may see a fire circle but there is no fire circle at all fire circle is an optic illusion there is only a torch but when the movement is done very quickly you have the impression that there is a fire circle so consciousness uh, the nature of consciousness uh, uh, has a the nature of uh, cinematography uh, one image succeeds into another image that gave the impression that is something continuous so all the five operate like that when you see an elephant walking that is a succession of the image of the elephant uh, subject and object always changing and these uh, these uh, these five consciousness uh, can can stop operating and manifest again when there are conditions they are not uh, continuous like other consciousness when you when you, you go to sleep maybe uh, three, four, or, or five stop operating all together. And according to Buddhist teaching, when they, when, when they operate alone, without mind consciousness, they, they may have the opportunity to touch the ultimate. There's no thinking. The first, uh, the first uh, moment of uh, touching and feeling uh, can help these five consciousness uh, touch the ultimate, touch uh, reality in itself. That is called a Sva Lakshana. There is no uh, discrimination, there is no speculation, and that is why there is a direct contact. The mode of knowledge is uh, direct contact, pratyaksha. But when they 
the five uh, collaborate with uh, manas, uh, manovishnana, mind consciousness. The, may, the, the thinking, the discrimination, the speculation might settle in and they lose contact with uh, with the ultimate, with the, with the real. Because my, condition, my consciousness has a lot of uh, thinking, has a lot of imagination, has a lot of uh, discrimination. My consciousness may, may say that this is a flower, this is not uh, sunshine. This is not uh, a cloud. A cloud is only a cloud. Uh, a flower is only a, a cloud. So that kind of discrimination uh, prevent us to touch reality in itself. The mind of discrimination. That time when mind consciousness collaborated with the ear, eyes, nose, tongue, body, and tricks, Svalakshana also. But, uh, but uh, when it is not caught by discrimination, uh, dualism, and so on. And maybe in meditation that can happen. And these uh, first, uh, these uh, consciousness, I usually call the first five, the first five. Tiền ngũ thức. The first five. One, two, three, four, five. And mind consciousness become the sixth consciousness. Mind consciousness can be interrupted also. In the case you you fall into a coma. Uh, you enter a meditation called um, no thinking, no perception. Or in the case you sleep without dream. In the case you sleep with dreams, your sixth consciousness still operate. And your sixth consciousness did not get the form, the, the sound, the film from this five, but they got it from down there in store consciousness. They can see the sky, they can hear the sound of the bird, but these not come from this five. They come from the seeds store in store consciousness. Store consciousness down here. And there are many 
seeds, many visas. And the seed of sound, sight, taste, everything here. So mind consciousness just go inside and serve themselves with all these things. So the world of dream is created from store consciousness. Because all these uh, informations brought to mind consciousness always fall into store. And store has uh, the capacity to preserve and to maintain and to process process this uh, information. And that is why its name is store. Its name can be all the seeds, Sarva Bijaka. So the six and the five manifest have manifest from down here. Every consciousness, whether it is mind or nose or tongue consciousness, they manifest from the base here, from the seats here. The seat of uh, eyes consciousness give rise to eyes consciousness. The seat of uh, nose consciousness give rise to nose consciousness. Object and subject at the same time. And uh, the store is the number eight. Consciousness number eight. And uh, the seventh is the ground for, for the six to lean on in order to manifest. That is manas. And it is the seventh. Manas has that kind of view, wrong view, about self. Manas is always seeking pleasure. Manas is trying always to avoid uh, suffering. Manas uh, does not know. Manas ignores the goodness of, of suffering. Manas ignores the danger of pleasure seeking. Manas ignores the law of uh, moderation and so on. So this is the seventh, this is the sixth. So mind consciousness in a practitioner should try to instruct manas in order to, to, to begin to transform wrong views concerning self. We have to instruct manas that there is a lot of danger in pleasure seeking, we have to instruct manas that uh, we should try to, to run away from suffering because we can learn a lot from suffering. And if we know how to make good use of suffering, happiness will become possible, true happiness. And that is the work of meditation. And mindfulness with uh, my consciousness, with mindfulness concentration can help um, uh, Open up new, uh, new, new path in store consciousness. 
store consciousness uh, maintain all kind of experiences in it. Any kind of action that we have performed are preserved by mind con- uh, store consciousness. Whatever thought that we have produced today or yesterday, whether right in the line of right thinking or wrong thinking, they are always there. Nothing is lost. And it will come back sometime as a retribution. So, uh, store consciousness, receive information, receive uh, uh, action, and uh, maintain them, and uh, process them, and uh, allow things to mature, to ripe. And uh, maturation can take place at every moment. The bija the seeds. has a characteristic these information this is uh, can be compared to a hard disk hard drive that contains a lot of uh, information And all these kind of seeds can manifest themselves uh, in the screen of mind consciousness. So the hard drive maintain and store. But the difference is that uh, this information that you you keep in your hard drive, they they remain the same. They are not alive. But all the seeds down here alive and changing every moment, going to birth and death, renewing all the time. They are living things. And the first characteristic of uh, the seed is Saknayip. Uh, it means uh, going to birth and death Every moment, Cine- cinematography, always changing, always evolving. Not like the information you store in your computer, they remain always the same. They are alive, they are maturate, mature. In a, they are in the process of maturation. The seeds grow. So their nature is uh, momentary, momentary. Sana means uh, a very short uh, sana, short uh, unit of time. The second aspect of uh, the seeds is a quá câu hữu, 
Sahabu. It means uh, the seat of a mental formation and a mental formation, they exist, coexist. They are always together like the left and the right. One of them cannot exist uh, apart. They are always together. Cause and effect appear at the same time, manifest at the same time. Like subject and object, left and right, above and below, cause and effect. So this is cause and effect manifest at the same time. It is also its effect. The effect is also the cause. The third aspect of Sith uh, is Hang Tui Chuyang. Hang Tui Chuyang means it, uh, it forms a series, continuous uh, series. It engenders its own uh, fruit and all seeds and fruit and seeds. It makes a continuum. It is not an object. It is not a static object. It is a flow. It is a continuum. That's the the third nature of Bija. Sắc na diệt quả cầu hữu hằng tự chuyển. Tánh quyết định It has its own nature Wholesome or unwholesome The seat of anger Has anger as nature You cannot mix it with the seat of Of, uh, of uh, compassion So you can identify it. It's like the seed of corn <coughs> manifests only as a plant of corn, not a plant of potatoes. So here, the action can be wholesome or unwholesome. The action can be compassionate or cruel. So every, every thought Every speech or every act that you perform can be classified either as uh, neutral or wholesome or unwholesome. And they will bring the kind of uh, fruit that belong to the same uh, species. And when you, when you plant seed of corn, you only get corn. You then you don't get other other things. So uh, a seed of compassion always gives rise to compassion and will bring happiness. Of course, uh, it can be influenced by other. It can be transformed. Tan quyết định having its own. Uh, 
specific uh, nature. The fifth uh, characteristic is Đại Chúng Duyên. Always waiting for conditions in order to manifest. Ready to manifest and always uh, uh, open in order to receive uh, conditions in order to manifest. It means that it can be influenced, it can be helped, or it can be uh, blocked by other conditions. And the sixth uh, nature of the seed is dẫn từ quả. It brings, uh, it, it brings its own fruit. That's the law of retribution. A good act will bring a good result. A happy, uh, a compassionate uh, speech will bring a good result. So the, the seed of corn only uh, manifests as a plant of corn and not something else. consciousness operating in such a way that is not known to mind consciousness. It's difficult for mind consciousness to see clearly how store consciousness operates. Upadi is a function of self-consciousness. The Chinese word is Tepta. Uh, it's holding, holding things together and not to, to let things uh, go away. It holds the body. It holds the environment. It uh, keep it help keep the body, the mind, and the, the environment to continue. Because the body, mind, and environment are the retribution of uh, action in the past. So my uh, stalkishness has the duty to maintain to hold to hold these things. That is chấp thỏ means to receive. Every act, whether it is a thought or a speech or a physical action, uh, stalkishness has the duty to preserve, to receive, 
and so on. So uh, if uh, if uh, we continue as a body, if we continue as uh, a series of uh, consciousness, if we continue to be in that environment because <coughs> stock consciousness uh, have the capacity to hold for you, to maintain it for you. And stana. Because uh, what we perform as karma, as action, by the way of thinking and speaking and acting, we have, we always have retribution, and retribution can be seen in the here and the now. If you are like that, if your body. Uh, your feelings, your perception are like that. It's because uh, you have acted, you have performed your action in that way. So, so that is the fruit of your action. That is the, the retribution of your action, the state of your body, the state of your mind, and the state of your environment. Uh, the result of your action. There are two kinds of retribution. The main retribution is your body and mind. Your body and mind is the main retribution. It is the result of your action in the past. Remember, Rambutsat said, Lom la som de Man is the sum of his action. Very close to Buddhist teaching. You are your action. You are your karma. And if you are like that, because you have performed the kind of karma that has led you to this state of body and mind. And then the other aspect of retribution is uh, ebao. Chánh báo and y báo. The environment. So the environment is you. It's you who have created that environment because of your karma, of your action. So you should not say that this body and mind are the only the result of my karma, of my action. No. Your environment is also uh, a creation of your karma. And there is collective karma and individual karma. They, they get together. So there is an environment. And there is you. Both you and the environment you are in are the fruit of your action, the retribution. And uh, store my Soul consciousness has the power, has the duty to uh, ripen and to bring up this kind of uh, uh, place where you are and what you are. Su Stana.
and then Vishnapti. Vishnapti has many meanings. The first meaning is uh, to manifest. The seeds, store consciousness, manifests in terms of body, mind, and environment. That's Vishnapti. You, are not, you have not been created by a God. You are manifestation of your, from your own action. And that is not birth. That is only a manifestation. Because your nature is no birth, no, no death. You do not have a beginning. You do not have an end. You have not come from the realm of non-being into the realm of being. You will not go from the realm of being into the realm of non-being. You have not been created. You are only manifested. And to manifest is a better word than to be born or to be created. To manifest in this form, and then to manifest in another form, and to manifest in other form onwards, like the cloud. Now it is a cloud. Later on it will be rain. Later on it will be the tea. Later on it becomes ice cream. So there are many manifestations. So you go like that, and you can choose the path of transformation that is uh, that you like, uh, more beautiful. So Vishnapti is uh, manifesting, and uh, as consciousness, as body, as environment. And in Sanskrit, all all verb or noun that has the V prefix, it has to do with consciousness. V means uh, to distinguish, to perceive. So to manifest as body and mind and environment and to perceive that body, that mind, that environment. That is Vishnapti. And in Buddhism, there is a, <clears throat> in Buddhism there is a cool of thought called Vishnapti Matra. It means manifestation only. There's no creation, no destruction. There's only manifestation. Manifestation from the seeds, from consciousness. And there is a collective manifestation. And so on. So we should conclude this Dhamma talk with uh, the image of a candle. That emit light. Light is an action of the candle. Light is the candle itself. And on the other corner there is another <coughs> candle that emit light. And the candle receives its own action 
because the the light emitted by by the candle uh, light uh, shine upon the candle. What you do has an effect on yourself and has an effect on another person. So there are other candles that, uh, that are close to you. Not only you affect yourself, but you affect the next candle. And it continues to affect other candles as well. Until its energy come here and affect this candle. So here you see the light of this candle, but there is the participation of the other candle. If you analyze this zone of light, you see this is the light of this candle, emitted by this candle, but also some of it has been emitted by the other candle. And imagine that a multitude of candles, and one shine in every other candles. And you can think uh, in terms of uh, force fields, fields of force. An atom or a subatomic atomic, uh, particle, they can be seen as uh, energy. And they exert the influence on other, other things, other atoms, other subatomic uh, uh, particles. And the candle and the light of candle are the same. We are the same. We and our action are the same. We are only our action. So force fields are like that. And uh, everything is made by, each thing is made by everything else. The one is made by the all. And looking into the one, you can see the all, like the our our rose, looking into our rose, we see the whole cosmos in it. It's like one candle, all the candles come together and produce that candle. So if you analyze, you see that in each part, in each centimeter, there is a collective light, and there is the individual light. It's so so deep that you can no longer distinguish between the collective and the individual. And to the point that you can eliminate the notion of collective and individual so that you can be free. So consciousness is like that. The question you may ask is whether everyone has an individual store consciousness. So think of uh, the candle, think of our suffering. Our suffering is made of non-suffering elements. Our suffering carries the suffering of our father, our mother, our ancestors, and of the world. 
So you cannot say that it is uh, individual suffering. You cannot say that it is uh, a holy collective suffering. The inter are. So interbeing is a good term to describe everything. Tomorrow we will spend our day in the new hamlet. And the sisters have prepared dance and exhibition like the other day. And tomorrow is a time when we celebrate together again the anniversary of the 30, 30 years of Plum Day. We are still very young, only 30. <laughs>